0: You hear upbeat music as people gather around Dr. Oz. The charismatic television personality tells you all the things that you want to hear, that the government has failed you, stripped you of your power and divided you. He claims to be the one who can go in and change all of that. From America's doctor to Pennsylvania's senator, oh boy. Let's give this episode a dose of reality, shall we? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Corporate Casket. I'm the Illuminati, and today we're taking another look at Mehmet Oz, except this time he's entering into a new public realm, politics. Why Washington keeps getting it wrong? They got different values than you and me. They're all about victims know, pressures. all about making America a wonderful country. Dr. Oz made his second stop in Lawrence County just last night to campaign for- On November 30th, 2021, Mehmet announced that he would be running for a Republican seat in Pennsylvania's Senate. The seat was vacated when Republican Senator Pat Toomey announced his retirement. The Penn State is a highly coveted spot in the political spectrum. It is one of five races that will decide if Republicans take back the majority in the Senate. For the former TV personality, this isn't some sort of spur of the moment publicity stunt either. This is a move brewing since he first aired on the Oprah Winfrey Show. 15 years ago, the former surgeon hinted at becoming involved in the political spectrum. He cited inspiration from the governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger and President Theodore Roosevelt. That's an interesting combination of role models. So let's take a look at what he said in The Observer in August 14, 2007. Teddy Roosevelt to me was the ideal Republican, he said. He was someone who felt strongly about the need for individuals to make the place work better without having someone tell them how to do it. But they had an obligation to do that as well. It wasn't a favor for the country. It was an obligation as Americans. Lizzie Ratner asks in the article if he had been practicing his stump speech. And yes, I'm sure he was. Before we get into the core of the conversation, there are some interesting milestones possible if he were to be elected. He would be the first Muslim to serve in the Senate as well as a current dual citizen. Dr. Oz labels himself as a moderate Republican who could potentially shift public issues in a different direction. Even if you don't live in the Keystone State, this election cycle warrants close attention. It's currently considered one of the swing states or a state that is not historically Democrat or Republican dominated, but holds major influence over presidential elections. Many times, Senate's results indicate how a presidential election will go. If you remember the past couple of elections, it was instrumental in victories for both President Trump and President Biden. There are many interested eyes watching these primaries. As a fallout, you're not going to see the Dr. Oz show anymore. As soon as he announced his run, a bunch of television stations stopped airing his material, which is fair because it would violate the equal time rule that stations kind of adhere to regarding politicians. And the show officially ended January 22, 2022, citing the political run as the reason. So if you're one of the people who hated the show, then it's time to celebrate because it's not coming back. But should Pennsylvania residents vote for Dr. Oz? If you're looking for an answer, that's not what I'm gonna do here. I'm not here to tell you how to vote. The issues that are important to me are not going to be the same as yours. And while this won't be a politically driven episode, it will be a conversation regarding politics, if that makes sense. What I will do is supply you with information so you can make an informed decision, not to mention a learning experience for those who can't. I'll share opinions on certain things, but I'll do my best to be impartial while providing insight. Normally, I would go over these topics in chronological order, but considering we have previously done a full episode on America's Doctor, I'd rather explore the wonderful Wizard of Oz or something cursed like that. Before we get into the actual issues, there's the question of whether Dr. Oz should even get to run for Senate in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz is described by most accounts as a longtime New Jersey resident, and according to AP News, Oz has told associates and Republicans in Pennsylvania of his plans and his campaign has said that he lived and voted in Pennsylvania since last year. Hmm. How convenient is that? According to WGAL, he was a resident of Montgomery County for two years and has his gun license and medical license there too, apparently. He's been using his in-law's address to vote in Pennsylvania, so, if you ask me, it's a questionable set of circumstances. Why is he choosing to run in Pennsylvania instead of New Jersey where he's lived the past 20 years? Well, I'm not entirely sure, but let's get into it. Donald Trump, despite being defeated by Joe Biden, holds a lot of power in the Republican party. And I honestly don't know why. Even if you don't account for the January 6th insurrection, the double impeachments, all the flush toilets, and the other controversies surrounding his presidency, this party doesn't tend to stick with one person for this long. In 2008, we saw John McCain at the lead and Mitt Romney in 2012. When a party gets defeated in the presidential election, they normally don't turn to the same person who lost. Largely, this goes the same for Democrats as well. Hillary Clinton lost in 2016, and Biden was the one who won the election in 2020. But during the 2022 political races, the approval of Donald Trump weighs heavily for this election cycle. There is legitimate debate whether Donald Trump will run for the 2024 presidency, despite the fact that he's promised to return to the White House. And if he does choose to enter the fray, he'd be the second president to serve two non-consecutive terms, the only one at this point being Grover Cleveland. This episode isn't about the 2024 presidential campaign or Donald Trump, but they are directly related. Dr. Oz, along with the other Republican candidates are pushing to get an endorsement from the former president. Sean Parnell originally had Trump's full endorsement, but he pulled out of the race last November when he lost custody of his kids. Currently, Dr. Oz boasts support from the former first lady, Melania Trump. The first lady has let the president know that she likes Dr. Oz, And that matters, said a top Republican familiar with the conversation inside Trump's orbit at his Mar-a-Lago club in Palm Beach. If you remember the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, one of the quotes is stuck in my head and it kind of relates to this. Men are the heads of the family, but women are the necks and we can turn them any way we want. What he says goes, the man is the head of the house. Let me tell you something, Tula. The man is the head, but the woman is the neck and she can turn the head any way she wants. I assume he took the movie's phrase to heart and vied for support in a more personal way. It could be that Dr. Oz has placed himself comfortably in the corner to the person closest to Trump. He also boasts endorsement from conservative radio host Sean Hannity and Ryan Zink, Zinky, I don't know, don't care, former US Secretary of the Interior to the Trump administration from 2017 to 2019. The former showman is considered a frontrunner for the seat battling David McCormick, who is also vying for a Trump stamp of approval. As of this moment, Trump hasn't made a formal endorsement. And scratch that because brief update as of April 10th, Trump officially endorsed Dr. Oz for Senate. If you look at Dr. Oz's political campaign on the surface, you will find a similar ring to the show for better or worse. His optics are bright. The webpage is adorned with red, white, and blue, and the communication centers around self-empowerment and the typical Republican rhetoric that they like to see is all present. This isn't an indictment on Dr. Oz, more of an overall political statement. Every politician claims to be in your best interest and focused on empowering the people around them. The principle is important, but the phrase empowerment is so grossly overused that I fear people see it as hollow and insincere. And generally speaking, candidates will align with the principles of their political party. but what are the actual issues the TV doctor is targeting? You'd have to expect one of the major issues he targets is healthcare. COVID-19 remains a central issue in politics and Dr. Oz is no different. It wouldn't surprise me if every candidate has at least something to say regarding life during and after the pandemic. Considering Dr. Oz's controversy with hydroxychloroquine, I don't imagine he'll be taken very seriously in terms of healthcare. The man television starred his way out of significant healthcare conversations years ago. I do agree that healthcare needs to be more modernized and accessible to the general public. We can always look to reiterate and improve our public health system. Aside from his questionable TV saga, he hasn't done much to improve public healthcare. He tends to talk a lot without actually saying anything, especially the past couple months. As quoted directly from the Candidates Campaign website, whether it's among other things, telling the truth about corporate America, like how pharmaceutical companies charge too much for prescription drugs or making sure people know the truth about COVID, Dr. Oz is fundamentally promising to help relight the divine spark inside every American and empower us to live better lives. Let's not even get into the COVID-19 debacle yet. I'm just taking a look at events. The Keystone State primaries will occur on May 15, 2022, and the election will take place in early November. We're all going to pretend for a moment that we've forgotten our high school social studies lessons and go over what a member of the Senate does. In addition to the ability to introduce bills into the Capitol Hill process, members of the Senate hold the trials for presidents who have been impeached. They can approve or reject judicial nominations and vote on treaties made by the executive branch among other things. I think it's important to see Dr. Oz's full statement on healthcare from his campaign website. As a doctor, Oz has seen the inside of the massive healthcare industrial complex and knows how they work with lobbyists and powerful special interests to protect it. He's bravely argued against costly drugs, even as it made him a target of drug companies. As a U.S. Senator, he'll work to dismantle policies that lead to more expensive prescription drugs for our seniors, and he'll expand access to private sector plans expanded by President Trump. And beloved by seniors for their low costs and high quality that would be available to all Americans who want them. Aside from attacking pharmaceutical companies, Dr. Oz doesn't really have a plan. I've searched all over for a plan of action and I don't really see one. Nothing regarding manufacturing practices or price negotiation provisions. Thinking back to the 2016 campaign, Ben Carson, a brain surgeon and former presidential candidate developed a healthcare plan based on the private sector. The Obama administration signed the Affordable Care Act in 2010. I'm not going to stump for Carson or Obama. Both individuals have their fans and detractors. The point here is, is that when the subject of national health was in question, these two figures had detailed plans of actions. And that's not something I'm finding with Dr. Oz. Now. You wouldn't know it too well because of how much tension this doctor is getting, but there was another doctor in this Senate race too. Val Arcoosh was not a household name that Dr. Oz is, but she is the driving forces behind getting the Affordable Care Act ratified. On February 4th, she dropped out of the Senate race, but it's important to compare candidates with medical backgrounds. She has contributed to 20 million people having affordable health care. That's commendable, but it was also 10 years ago. Val took a more active approach to her campaign and actually started a course of action. To build off that work, ACA, Val supports lowering the eligibility age for Medicare and adding a public option to the marketplace. She understands that prescription drugs are far too expensive for the people who need them and supports allowing Medicare to negotiate directly with drug companies. So do you see the slight but subtle difference in their terminology? Arkush presented potential solutions to the conversation. Her plans may have been plausible and helpful. I'm not sure, but we won't get the chance to find out and I don't wanna divert too far from the episode's topic. If you are using your healthcare profession as a basis for having a role in politics, you have to have more than just slogans and catchphrases. Dr. Oz claims he's going after big pharma, and you know what? He may legitimately have a revolutionary solution, something that could change all of our lives for the better. And to be fair, he's apparently done it before. He's a former cardiothoracic surgeon and undoubtedly experienced in the medical industry. There's just no blueprint, and in my opinion, that should worry voters that he's presented no real solid plan. Now, interesting enough, Dr. Oz didn't actually challenge Val. He decided to challenge Dr. Fauci instead. And yes, that Dr. Fauci, the same one that isn't running for any kind of political seat. I don't remember ever watching a political figure debate with a non-candidate before. It's just not productive. He's not trying to prove he's a better option than Fauci. He's trying to beat McCormick and Kathy Barnett and Sean Gale and so on. He has rightfully received backlash and funny responses to this really odd challenge about that COVID conversation that we put off earlier too. I know we've already dunked on him about his COVID stance, but since he's bringing it up again, we should use it as well. Do you remember the reason why he didn't get his kids immunized? It was because my wife wouldn't do it and in my house, she's the boss. You already know how I feel about this, so I'm gonna put it another way. If you're unable to make and enforce rules in your own home, why in the world should the American people trust you to do the same thing on a national stage? How else should hardworking Pennsylvanians interpret your record with vaccinations that you endorsed? What's keeping Dr. Oz from being influenced by his wife or others instead of the will of the people? Executive, legislative, judicial, we look to these people for leadership in our country. And currently this candidate has failed to lead by example. He keeps claiming he knows the truth about COVID. You want to know the truth about COVID? It sucks. That's a massive understatement, but sometimes it's hard to be eloquent about it. The majority of people who contracted COVID will tell you it was excruciating and terrifying. A lot of people died not long after getting the virus all around the world. The truth is no one really knew what they were doing in the beginning, not scientists, not politicians, no one. We had to stay inside because at first there were no vaccines and there were no answers. Mask mandates were made because the community saw an illness swiftly impacting everyone. The first people consulted were medical professionals and it's telling that Dr. Oz as a medical professional wasn't speaking to us during the crisis. Absolutely everyone in the world has a right to take his statement personally. But perhaps Dr. Oz the politician is an improvement on Dr. Oz the TV physician. Let's take a look at some of his other key points. Another policy he brought up is second amendment rights. He went on a radio show when he announced his campaign and answered some softball questions pitched by none other than Sean Hannity. Oz's response to questions regarding the second amendment was, I will fight for second amendment rights. I'm also a gun owner, but is this true? Well, kind of. In 2018, Dr. Oz dedicated a segment of his show to fellow doctors advocating for gun regulations. He was part of a medical community pushing for the red flag law, a measure that depended on a reporting and call in system to assess whether a gun owner is a risk to themselves or the public. One side discussed potential lives being saved while another raised concerns about potential lives being ruined by dishonesty. This is another one of those that pit gun control lobbyists against the NRA. And when you're done checking out this episode, maybe you should check out that one too because they have quite a fascinating history. But I digress. The Keystone State was one of the states that shot the red flag bill down. Currently, the campaign section says what you would expect from a conservative candidate. Dr. Oz is a proud gun owner and will fight back any attempts to restrict law-abiding gun owners of their constitutional rights. This lies in contrast with a number of articles bearing his name and being undeniably pro-gun control. Keep in mind, this statement still has his name referenced in the title. So what should we do? Here are some ideas. reinstitute the assault rifle ban, a national assault weapons ban was signed into law in 1994. It was allowed to expire 10 years later. Since then, approximately 1.3 million assault rifles have been sold each year, along with eight to 15 million rounds of ammunition. He claims to have not penned this article, but he also never clarified his stance until it was convenient. If Mehmet did not believe in the article written and it was all Michael Royzen, then Royzen's name should have been the only one attached. Having Mehmet Oz, MD on those articles permanently associates him with a pro-gun control stance. And you can guarantee his opponents have already attacked this erratic record. Like the other core political topics, we aren't going to dive into the gun debate, at least not in this episode. Regardless of how anyone feels about gun control or the second amendment, simultaneously supporting red flag laws and fighting gun control fall into the realm of contradiction. This isn't about gun laws. This is about a self-proclaimed conservative outsider and whether he will be the type of politician he promises to be. Democrats should question what type of politician he really is. Republicans should ask the same question as should independent and undecided voters. If Oz attains a political seat, will he act in your best interest as a voter or is it all just a show? We'll go to another major conservative talking point, abortion rights. When you look at a particular candidate's site, you will see the quote, Dr. Oz is 100% pro-life. Before we break this down, let's get something out of the way. According to the Associated Press format for journalism, the terms pro-life and pro-choice are politically driven misnomers. There will be a number of politicians who use those terms, but for this episode, I will be using the AP format approved pro-abortion rights and anti-abortion rights terms as opposed to political terminology. Sounds good? Great. While the gun law issues are murky, Oz's view on abortion issues are just a flat-out lie. Dr. Oz appeared on the Breakfast Club radio show on May 21st, 2019. And when asked about the Alabama reproductive litigation, this Senate candidate did not give what many consider a 100% anti-abortion stance. Now, what are your thoughts on Alabama and these anti-abortion laws that they're passing in Alabama? Well, that they've passed. Is that healthy? I'm, I'm really worried about it. I, I'll tell you, I, I've taken care of a lot of women mm-hmm. who've had uh, issues around childbirth. And they. it's also the banned in case of incest and rape. And so uh, I don't quite get it as a doctor. And the other thing is this whole thing about heart beating. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are electrical changes at six weeks. In fact, he gave a few scenarios where he'd presumably approve of ending pregnancies outside of what is considered drastic. Those situations being mortal danger, rape and incest. And he expressed disapproval of Alabama's legal measures, not to mention pushed for a distinguishing point where a pregnancy is alive. In the interview, he indicated he would want a cutoff point to be when a heartbeat can be heard as opposed to when electric impulses, 12-week marks instead of six, but he didn't stop there. If a child can live outside the womb, let it live. If it can't, the mom runs the show. You don't want to kill that child. Mm -hmm. If the child was not going to be able to survive outside the mom... Then, it's, then the mom runs the show. This is a hard issue for everybody because I get it. But just being logical about it, if you think that the moment of conception... And that was, was like, just in 2019. Just two years later, as he announced his run for a Senate seat, he sang a totally different tune. When directly questioned about the Supreme Court tackling Roe v. Wade, he said, I trust the Supreme Court to do the right thing based on what they think the Constitution says. So he's now willing to accept giving the state's ability to enact an outlaw on abortions when he very much supported keeping it legal in 2019. I find that interesting. Again, another important issue exposes the core of Dr. Oz as a politician and why I'm concerned for the people of Pennsylvania. I keep beating on this point, but you're gonna see it right here. This is an extremely serious and highly sensitive issue. So Dr. Oz, are you pro-abortion or anti-abortion? Which is it? because it's not the subject matter itself, but the heavily malleable responses that he's given. He claims to be a Republican, a conservative, but is that really what he is? He will claim to support this, fight that, and push for the other. And when push comes to shove, people should worry about the possibility that he'll fold on many important topics. And unfortunately, there is some context behind that fear. There are a number of other issues we can talk about but we're going to pivot into the mudslinging part of the campaign. And honestly, I feel like this is the most anticipated part of political campaigns. The whole, how low will people stoop to gain favor in a popularity contest? It's some sort of sick bend on contestant-based reality television and genuine public consequences. You know, when talking about Dr. Oz as a political candidate, that description hit far closer to home than I would have liked. And don't worry, because he didn't disappoint diving right into the muck with politicians. He first targeted Dave McCormick, accusing him of taking jobs away from Americans and working with the Chinese government. But who is Dave McCormick? In addition to being one of the other candidates for the Senate race, McCormick is a former CEO of Bridgewater Associates, one of the world's largest hedge funds. He was also formerly under Secretary of Treasury for International Affairs during the George W. Bush administration. He also served in the army during the Gulf War in the early 90s. Methmet accused McCormick of investing in China during the pandemic, suggesting the former CEO prioritized China. Take a listen to this ad. I'm Dr. Oz and I approve this message. First, China sent us COVID. Then David McCormick's hedge fund gave Chinese companies billions. We got sick, China got investments and David McCormick got rich. McCormick, China's friend, not ours. Is there any legitimacy to the story? Perhaps. Bridgewater did raise 1.25 billion for investments in China. But McCormick has a history of trying to incentivize the United States to continue trade with China, going back to the Trump administration. But considering he said China is to blame for COVID, I think we can sum it up to politicians saying what they want to get what they want. At least they can agree on the vitriol towards China. I guess I found something that the two have in common. So how exactly did the Gulf War vet take this? McCormick responded by pointing out that Mehmet Oz is a dual citizen of the United States and Turkey and served in Turkey's military. He suggested that Dr. Oz still has ties to the Middle East and would be a threat to the country. Is that true? I don't know. See, Dr. Oz's mother still lives in Turkey and he kept citizenship in the country in order to travel and visit her. McCormick called for him to renounce his Turkish citizenship to prove that he was an American first. And initially he refused. This isn't the first time that a conservative candidate has renounced citizenship. In 2014, then presidential candidate Ted Cruz discovered he had Canadian citizenship and immediately renounced it. The difference between Cruz and Oz is that Cruz had no personal ties to Canada. His dual citizenship was not out of consequence. It didn't take long for Oz to change his mind and vow if he were to become Senator to end his Turkish citizenship. Keep in mind that he apparently kept it to just keep visiting his mother, so sorry, mom. Apparently becoming a political figure trumps family. There are many people who can do that, but I sure could not. His Turkish heritage isn't the only thing coming under fire. In an interesting turn of events, the former TV doctor locked horns with President Biden himself. And before we get into that spectacle, let's just take a quick moment to thank today's sponsors. Hey, babes, it's summer season, which means it's dolphin leg season. And when it comes to dolphin leg season, you need to make sure you've got beautifully smooth legs or whatever part of your body you're shaving. And you can get that with Athena Club. Athena Club's razor has built-in skin guards that are gentle on curves and help prevent razor burn. Their razor blade is surrounded by a water-activated serum with shea butter and hyaluronic acid, and their razor kit is only $9. And for that amazing $9, you're gonna get two blade heads, a magnetic hook for shower storage, and of course, your choice of handle color. And not to mention nine is my lucky number, so I mean, it just works even better that way. And y'all know that I'm obsessed with other colors. I've had the blue one and I lost it. Unfortunately, we don't talk about that, the sky color. Then I had the peach color and I like it and she's okay. But someone on Instagram, I forgot your username, but thank you so much for telling me, told me that the limited edition lilac color was back in stock. So I snagged that and it's my favorite. So show your skin you care with the Athena Club razor kit. Sign up today and you'll receive 20% off your first order. Just go to athenaclub.com and use promo code casket. That's athenaclub.com with promo code casket to get 20% off and one step closer to getting your very own set of dolphin legs. Today's episode is sponsored by America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. HelloFresh sends farm fresh seasonal recipes with pre-portioned ingredients straight to you. It lets you cut out mealtime planning and searching around the grocery store and even cuts down time in the kitchen with most meals taking 30 minutes or less. So you get convenience, you get quality and you get deliciousness. Plus there's so much variety and ability to customize your order to your needs. I don't know how many times I can emphasize that I love planning things. And when I get to plan my meals like six weeks in advance with HelloFresh and know exactly what's coming, when it's coming and all of that, it's the easiest. It is the best thing in the world and you can do it all on their app. So it doesn't matter if I wanna swap out a protein to change what's on the menu exactly or upgrade to create a more luxe version of my meal. There's something for everybody. So if you wanna get started, make sure you go to hellofresh.com slash MLM16 and use code MLM16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's up to 16 free meals and three free gifts at hellofresh.com slash MLM16 with code MLM16. On March 23, 2022, the Biden administration sent an email to Dr. Oz and Herschel Walker, two members on the President's Council of Sports, Fitness, and Nutrition. The email was simple, step down or get terminated. President Trump appointed both to the council in 2018 as well as 2020. Both Walker and Oz refused to step down and challenged the president to fire them instead. This conflict revolves around a law that you may or may not know about. The Hatch Act was adopted in 1939 specifically for cases like this. The United States Office of Special Counsel gives a concise description of what the law does. The Hatch Act, a federal law passed in 1939, limits certain political activities of federal employees, as well as some state, DC and local government employees who work in connection with federally funded programs. The law's purposes are to ensure that federal programs are administered in a nonpartisan fashion to protect federal employees from political coercion in the workplace and to ensure that federal employees are advanced based on merit and not based on political affiliation. There are two levels of federal employees that are scrutinized in this law fully restricted employees and less restricted employees, those who are deemed okay to run in political activities and run for office. And this pretty much makes sense. You don't want to leverage power you already have in order to gain more power. It wouldn't make sense for Oz to resist stepping down and adhering to the law, but that's exactly what he did. He was under the idea that he wasn't actually violating the Hatch Act with this run and that his position fell under the less restricted category of federal employees. He doesn't actually get paid for being on the council, but travel expenses are covered. He also assumed that he was eligible because he wasn't campaigning during work hours. Despite his appeal, the Biden administration fired him on March 30, 2022. Oz used the decision to say, "'They're trying to silence me,' and claims that they gave three different reasons to fire him." From TV star to potential lawmaker, Dr. Oz has had an interesting journey to say the least. Like I said, while I feel a certain way about him as a physician, I wanted to give you the information you needed about him as a potential politician. I wouldn't recommend you scrutinize just media figures getting into politics. Any candidate that you would consider for a leadership position, no matter where you live, should be thoroughly investigated and vetted. Research before you vote. It's one of the most powerful tools that you have. Now, as for Dr. Oz, the potential Senator, from what I found, I see someone who is just kind of a wild card, and I mean that in a bad way. Would we get the Dr. Oz that's pro-gun or anti-gun? Would we get the one that's pro-vaccine or anti-vax? What is his stance on reproductive rights? We won't know. But the real question here, especially for Pennsylvania voters is, are you willing to gamble to find out? And with that being said, that's where we're going to end today's episode of The Corporate Casket. I hope you learned something new here today. And if you did, make sure you're liking, following, and subscribing so you stay up to date on all the latest episodes. If you wanna connect with me outside of these episodes, make sure you go click on my Linktree link in the description box that has all of my social media and all the other projects and things that I'm involved in. Thank you so much for spending some of your time here with me today. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye.